Hey, Scott. Hey, Nick. Oh, what's up? Why do you look so down? I just... I can't believe Back to the Future Minute is over. Hey, it's okay, man. You got Spider-Man Minute. You got the Doctor's Companion. What more do you want? What? You want your favorite uh, scientist and little uh, little assistant? You want me to do Doc and Marty? <gasps> ah! Right? You'll get over it. You'll be fine. Oh, who the hell put this on? It's on random. For God's sake. Look, it's not that I want to keep doing Back to the Future Minute forever. I'm just trying to say that I need something a little more. I want to get out there and do interesting stuff. Podcast a little. And I'd love to be able to do it with you, but I want you to want to do it too. I agree. We should get out there, but what can we do? How about a Cornetto? A Cornetto. Edgar Wright's Cornetto trilogy. First, we'll start with a bite of Shaun of the Dead. Then, we'll take some shots of Hot Fuzz. And later, we'll wrap it all up with a couple of pints at the world's end. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! The Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we take car, go to mums, kill Phil, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, and have a nice cold pint one minute at a time. It all blows over starting with Shaun of the Dead this October at DuelingGenre.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Dueling Genre. Welcome to the Jay and Silent Bob Minute, where we are covering the movie Chasing Amy, one minute at a time. Today we're covering Minute 80, quite possibly the greatest Gwen Turner minute ever. I'm Jeff Ferry. And I'm Chris Thercutch. And I'm Steve Lester. And this minute is a minute of callbacks. <laughs> weird uh, callbacks. Yeah, so, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll dice through the, uh, the weird Twilight Zone-esque callbacks this minute. <laughs> uh, this minute starts with Unearthed Gems and ends with Alyssa moving in for the kill. There you go, Chris. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, um, she said last minute that there was everything he heard about her was probably true, and now she's going to tell him some things that he may not have heard, or wants to know. Yeah, guess what? We don't know them either. <laughs> so she took a twenty-six-year-old to her prom. So your prom? What are you? Seventeen, eighteen? Yeah, about that. Yep. Hopefully eighteen. Hopefully eighteen. Right. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> and then she left to have sex with him. And Gwen Turner. Okay. Uh, Steve, do you happen to remember who Gwen Turner is? Um, I do because I have a little note. Oh, well done. <laughs> uh, well, so, he takes notes. Yeah, for, I know. I know, that, I know that, oddly enough, Joy Lauren Adams played Gwen Turner in Ball Yes. <laughs> so, this 26-year-old got to have sex with Joey Lauren Adams and Joey Lauren Adams. <laughs> yeah, together at the same time. Which, Great. that sounds like a pretty badass prom. <laughs> that guy had the best prom ever. <laughs> if that's her third worst story, I don't think it's all that bad. Yeah, th- like, that she's is... trying to, like, throw out... She doesn't have that... That's not that that's, that's, uh... <laughs> but, but by his logic, that shouldn't bother him as much. Because while it's a guy, which he doesn't love, it's, it's a guy and two girls, which seems like that wouldn't bother him, because he's got the typical hetero view of things of, like, oh, as long as there's extra girls there, that's cool. Right. But you know what I think it is? It's not him, so it bothers him, too. Well, speaking of not him. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. 
Yeah. So his next thing is she's in college. She had she had sex with Shannon Hamilton and let him videotape it. Shannon Hamilton, as played by Ben Affleck in Rats. <laughs> so maybe that's why she was attracted to Holden. She's like, man, this guy is very attractive in a way that I've been yeah. with before. Yeah, he looks like somebody I know. I really used to. I like that look. He's like the more in shape version of Shannon Hamilton, <laughs> and better dressed, a little better dressed too. Yeah, he, he's not a six button man. <laughs> now I, it was she, good to know that Shannon Hamilton liked videotaping stuff even back in college. <laughs> and it's not the uh, he gets upset about the uh, broadcasting it, but it's not the first time he broadcasts shit either. <laughs> to be fair. Uh, the second time it gets broadcast, he had nothing to do with it, and the girl's 15. When the girl, right, and the girl's 15. <laughs> and it's I her also, sister. I also <laughs> want to say that this is not that big of a mistake. Every millennial has done this. Maybe they haven't been broadcast, but they've all done the same thing. They've all yeah. some idiots fil- let, let some idiot guy film them. Yeah. Doesn't make these it good. Fir- these, yeah, these first two stories, while... Um, a li- okay, if you're going on a scale, like we did this before, a scale of 1 to 100, 1 being the most basic form of like missionary sex humanly possible and 100 being whatever gene simmons does (laughs) like in between those two things like the stories she's telling are like three four five like they're not okay she had another girl with her and an older guy is she the only person who ever brought an older guy to her prom absolutely not no only only one to have sex with someone who looked a lot like them probably not (laughs) and the videotaping thing oh you mean so some college guy talked you into doing this Right. Okay. While you were drinking, probably underage yeah. drinking, probably. Yeah, whatever. Like, <laughs> maybe we didn't all make that mistake, but we've all made a mistake. Everyone right. has made a horrific, at least one, if not multiple, horrific mistakes. Where you wake up next day, going, "Oh my God, what did I do?" And praying to God, it's not what going to be life altering. <laughs> whatever but you that's, did. That's not her position, though. These were not mistakes. That's jumping ahead, but these were not mistakes, according to her. No, they're mistakes, but they're choices that she made. Right. So it's okay, okay. He, he's not allowed to be mad. Like you're allowed to make the mistakes, but they're, they're all choices that she made. Is her point right? But he, she's bringing them up because she thinks they're the worst things that he's going to think is bad. Do you I think, think that she thinks they're mistakes? I don't even think she thinks they're mistakes. I think it's one of those like you you might look back at it and be like, oh, I'd never do that now or again or maybe not even then. But like, is it a mistake? I mean, there's not much you look back at. There's not much I would look back at in my life and be like, wow, that was a mistake. Actually, most of the things I would look back at and be like, wish I could change that have nothing to do with me. It's like you did something to somebody else and you're like, oh, like I'd like to take that back. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll go with I've, I've made plenty of mistakes. People have made plenty of mistakes towards me. But, um, I, but I mean, a lot of times it's like one of those, but did that mistake somehow end up informing who you were later? Well, then it was if, worth it. All I know is bad mistakes. I've made a few. <laughs> But then again, too few to mention. I like how you're singing the wrong lyrics. <laughs> I know it was something like that. <laughs> Come on, I had two beers. I had three, four or five beers already. You know, so <sighs> one of the things I really like about this minute is um, I enjoy her whole spiel, if you will. Just checking it's 80. Um, her whole spiel about how she did some of them out of stupidity, some of them she did what she thought was love, but they're her choices and all that. Yeah. So Kevin Smith himself will say that, you know, a lot. Some of some of what's in this movie is is you know he's looking at it the wrong way. You know he's portraying it the wrong way, um, and you guys are probably much better at saying exactly what he's you know not retconned but you know recanted a little bit. But this is you know from a from a male writer this is some pretty good shit for you know 1997 or 1996 whatever he wrote it. Um, 
you know, she's owning her shit and, you know, you know, and, and, and she's, and, and she's dealing with someone who clearly doesn't understand her shit at all. It's a pretty, it's a pretty, it's pretty good stuff. And again, I maintain her meltdown right here has less to do with him questioning any of this than his sneak attack. That's yeah. what she can't stand is that like he tried to like slowly work this into the conversation and make it an issue where if he would have just came out and said it, yeah, you might still have an argument about whatever because again, he has hangups that he ain't willing to, to deal with yet. Well, by by virtue of her getting on the therapy couch later in the later in the movie, she's clearly willing to work on his issues with him. Yeah, which is unfortunately oh. the job of almost almost any woman I've ever met. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, no, like not, not Holden's issues, but some some idiot guy's issues, including me. Um, yeah. Well, here's the thing: you can never I forget how it's phrased. You can never change somebody. You can just round off the edges. Yeah. If somebody is a despicable piece of shit, you're never going to make them a good person. If somebody is basically a good person who does some dumb things, oh yeah, you can you can maybe curb some of that behavior, but like you're not going to turn somebody around. Um, I think Chris and I talked about this a few weeks ago. If you know how a character is supposed to have an arc in a movie, like they're supposed to get from point A to point B, I've heard that. And we said the problem with Holden is until the last what three minutes of this movie, his arc is a straight line. Yeah, he's got no arc. He doesn't. I mean, he doesn't make any kind of change until. He is basically an alcoholic who has to hit reach rock bottom, and he's not there yet. <laughs> he's still not there. Like, even this minute with her, this week with her, is not his rock bottom. His rock bottom is still yet to come. <laughs> but it is fun to watch a movie where the protagonist is wrong at almost every occasion. They, they yeah. do nothing but make bad decisions. <laughs> oh, God, what I hate Holden's him. first mistake, do you think? Breathing. No, come on. <laughs> um, no, well, it's not in the beginning, because in the beginning, you're led to believe Banky is wrong. I mean, is it... A, I don't know if it's a mistake, but the way he acts when he runs in, when he he realizes that he's at a gay club, right, and that his yeah. little he thought he was he's into this girl, she's into me, so he kind of built that up a little bit, and then it blows up in his face, and he becomes uh, Mister you know Mister Puss Pants for the rest of the night. I think his biggest mistake is getting involved with a girl who he thought he had no chance with, but then yeah. in the end, it works in his well for a while. It works in his favor. At least, yeah. he, I mean, at least he gets something out of it. Well, again, <laughs> I would say his first what I would consider a real mistake because okay, that happens because she comes to his door and says, "I want to be friends," and they become friends. Blah blah blah. His first to me truly bad mistake is the car ride. Of you're going to just out of nowhere profess your love to this girl who you've made no except for the beginning when you thought she, you didn't know she was gay. You've made no romantic advances towards her at all, well, and that's now respectful. Sorry, I didn't, uh, it, mean to cut you. I didn't mean to cut it, you off. It's not respectful to drive somebody out to the middle of Kill World and then do it. He didn't do it in a like, all right, let me sit you down. Hey, I'm having feelings for you, blah, blah, blah. He went from zero to I'm in love with you. If this ends our relationship, I'm willing to accept that. That's just right. emotional. Though. You, mentioned, you, know, you mentioned that in Minute, 70, in minute 79. And um, that, that's just it. So he's already built trust with her. He's already built trust. I think this might, and I haven't thought about it that much, but I think this might be his first real mistake, what he does at the hockey game. Everything else he's done up until this point, he's done just out of naivety at worst. I would and say... And it hasn't if, been, and I don't, I, don't think it's, I don't think it was wrong the way he propositioned her. I, it's not that he propositioned her. It's more of where he did it. Yeah, because he puts, her, he puts her in a completely untenable position of, I'm going to make this declaration of love. Now, what are you supposed to do? You you have there is no retreat for her. She can't be like I'm very upset. I would like to go to my room. No, she still has a 15 minute car ride with this moron to go somewhere. 
because he couldn't wait till like an adult, not even adult, just like a human being to get to a location that she would feel safe at. I, look, I like your consideration. I think you're probably a better person than Holden. <laughs> I yeah. fucking hope so. <laughs> and again, I haven't spent the time t- time thinking about it that you guys have by any stretch of the imagination. But like, I think he is. I think that outside of these hangups and like you know what results in that, he's basically not a bad guy. He's not okay. I'll tell you this: at his core, is he a bad guy? No. At this time in his life, he's very petty for the age he's at. He's very immature in some ways. Yeah, he should have. Most of these hangups. Not all of them. We all have hang-ups. I mean, we're much older than him now, and we're still holding on to shit probably from high school. But, like, you should have ditched some of these hang-ups by now. Some of them I understand. Like, when, even the, at the club, when he acts all weird, I get that because he gets kind of sucker-punched with that one. I'm just like, hey, I'm into this girl. Oh, she's a lesbian. I did not expect that. So you guys are both heterosexual, right? Allegedly. Yes. What? Well, for, for the purpose of this argument, you will, you will claim heterosexuality. That's yes. Right. Well, how old were you when you first went into a gay club? I was 18. <laughs> and I was surprised. Would I have been 20? 20? Because it would have been in Florida. I would have been in the Air Force when I did it. Were you stationed at Homestead? Uh, no, I wasn't at Homestead. I was just down there visiting. I was at, uh, what was it? What the hell was the name of that base? Tyndall. Okay. <laughs> Why could I think I could not come up with that. <laughs> I was in Miami when, when, this, when, when, when I was referencing this. I was curious. What, what, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so. I don't think it's that on you. So Holden's supposed to be like 26, 27 here? Yeah. It's it's not that he went into it's not that he went into a gay bar and whatever. It's all his attitude after it doesn't go his way. Because he's mad because things didn't go his way. Which I understand you can get like that, but he really becomes a grumpy bastard. And that is like again, on the list of his list of crimes in this movie, that's a minor one. The car thing really <laughs> bothers me because I don't love taking somebody out the middle of nowhere and then doing that to him. And then quickly followed up by, like, now you're going to have – then you start a public argument with them that you did not need to start. And actually – and I agree with you that to this point. His worst week is this week. Oh, by far. This is where um, – I made this uh, comparison with Chris, and I'll make it with you. And I'll bring up Chris's favorite show, Breaking Bad. <laughs> Here we go. Um, <laughs> people watch Breaking Bad, and a lot of the th- – you're with Walter White at the very beginning probably – Nope. He's doing things for his family, blah, blah, blah. And at some point, he does something where you turn on him and you're like, whoa, he's, he's kind of a piece of crap. I don't like this guy. And I kind of feel like that's in this – shut up. I feel like that's in this movie too of like at some point, Holden does something in this movie that breaks you for him. Some people, it might have been the car ride. Some people, it's the hockey game. My absolute no turning around point is this minute or this, these, this week. Where he says a couple things to her this week, where I'm like, you, you at no point do you have any right to say this to somebody. The, the problem is he, he he lacks he lacks a lot of self awareness, and he lacks and because of the lack of self awareness, the lack of experience, he doesn't even know what he's he, you know, he flail, he's flailing about like a child. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I have like, a little, I have a little empathy for him because I can see getting this age and not having this together. I mean. He's a fucking comic book guy, for God's sakes. It's not that. It's not that. It's not that. It's not that impossible to imagine. But yeah, you know, yeah he, after, he, he after this week, after this week, though, instead of doing what he does, the only thing he should have done was called her on the phone and apologized, oh, so deeply from the bottom of his heart. He yells at her in this minute. I want to get exactly what he says to her. Here, let me back it up a second. He says, "Failure, medicine. What the fuck's wrong with you? How could you do all that? Like." <laughs> You can't be saying that to somebody. You can't yeah. say, what the fuck's wrong with you? How could you like, do all those things? He does say that. Because yeah. he doesn't mean it like, hey, you just 
you know, you just spilled something on the floor. What the fuck's wrong with you? He's saying it like you have something severely wrong with your character. Yeah. That's how he's laying that out to her. To be clear, he's way. If, I'm, I'm not defending anything. You know, he's already way over the line before I get in in minute seventy nine. You know, by the time the hockey rink scene is wind, is winding up, you know, he's already he's already gone way too far. Yeah, as soon as he brings it up, as soon as the whole hockey situation erupts yeah. into this, to my point of view, nothing that happens after this point is ever going to save this relationship. This relationship is fatally flawed at this point. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. at, at best, you pull the ripcord and hope to remain friends because <laughs> that's. You got two men. You cannot build a base on what this is. You can, but he, they have, you know, you, and, you know, maybe they do, maybe they don't. You have to take a year. You have to learn yourself. He had things that he just did not know. Well, I think what Kevin, yeah, what Kevin said is kind of what, where they're at. They are in two different places in their life. She is far more further down the road than he's at. And it looks like they're too far apart to kind of, you know, they're not close enough to actually meet up in the middle because... She's not willing, as we'll find out later in the movie, she's not willing to step back to where he's at. And he's just, he can't come forward yet. I would say by the very end of this movie, it looks like he does. But, like, at this point, he doesn't look like he's capable of it. Yeah, abso- I think you're absolutely right. He, 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 there's, there's no way to sal- salvage this relationship in real time. Did I lose you guys? No. No. Okay. Um, there's no way to salvage this relationship in real time. Um can he grow over time? Is this this isn't uh, this is not an unbridgeable gap in the you know given enough time? And I think the end of the movie you know says as much. Um, but you know th- this scene and then all these scenes from the time he goes and talks to Hooper, so you know to the end of the till till, till the um, till the scene on the couch are basically exploring what he doesn't know. You know. I mean, it's it's more about the you know you're you're talking about the lack of character development. You know, they took him up to this wall and then showed that you know he couldn't develop. You know, yeah, in he, in a normal arc, in a normal traditional arc, character arc. Yeah, he's a uh, and it, this is and I I, well, I kind of I ragged on Ben Affleck at some points during this movie. Hmm. This has nothing to do with his acting or her acting because I think they're killing it. Yeah, they're fine because it's, it's making you you're definitely picking a side at some point. Sure. You're just like, wow, okay, he is nuts. Or you're like, oh, no, I get, I see where he's coming from. He's just ignorant. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. He's ignorant, but the way he approaches things is just wrong, too. He, he, like, well, here's the problem. Again, you can have almost the same argument they're having. There's only a couple times, like, him just saying what's going on, or they're screaming and yelling at each other. But, like, when he yells at her the one time, of some of the shit he says to her is just... And then she's right when she says, how, the da- how could you say this to me and in public? Oh, yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this fight's bad enough if you have it at home. This fight sucks if you're having it in your apartment or in her house or whatever. But, like, to go out of your way to pick this fight in public, which, in my experience, when somebody tries to start this shit in public, there's only one reason to do it. It's so you're hoping it doesn't do this. You're like, well, if I bring it up in public, they won't be able to scream and yell. And I will tell everybody out there who thinks that you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> if you hit somebody hard enough, they will make a public scene of it. <laughs> yep. All you gotta do is call him out. I said that a couple weeks ago. Like, uh, you'll be arguing, and you turn to her and say, "Could you shut up?" There's people around. Don't tell me to shut up. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of growing older is learning how to manage relationships, specifically arguments and stuff. Yeah. Of you know, in, in the words like a of a person, in the words of a wise person, you gotta know when to hold them. You gotta know when to fold them, and you gotta know when to walk away. <laughs> No when to run. 
Like that is a skill to learn, especially yeah. because if you're in a committed relationship where you live together, sometimes there's there's nowhere to completely run and hide. It's not like uh, we had a guy at work, Chris, that who used to say he was dating a girl for a long time, and he used to say it's just like being married. Is it though? <laughs> no, it isn't. No, it's not if you have not. your if you have your own place, it's not like being married. Have you guys Every, had any fun? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Have you guys had any fundamentalist fundamentalist Christian guests? Um, no. I think you should do that. Oh, good. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to listen. I'd like to listen to that. <laughs> uh, I almost reached out to Father David. <laughs> that would have been awesome. I, th- I but, don't. I think he's. I think he's like, like one of the better faith stuff. Um, yeah. I've been like, I almost am like afraid to ask him. I'm like, ugh, like, I, hey, you want to come on my movie? Uh, it's about like lesbians and threesomes and like just like. Uh. And now, granted, I heard him on the Mash Minute where he had to. Now it wasn't that bad of a minute, but people were having sex in a tent. Yeah, and and they were kind of like, you know, tyranny and them were like, oh, you know, we didn't want to give you this minute, and he's like, you know, I take confession, right? <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, is he, is he Catholic? Yeah, I didn't realize he was Catholic. Actually. Plus, Jeff, I thought we were trying oh, to save so him I'm, for Dalton. I'm Jewish, so I sometimes forget things about Christians and. Different, your sex, right, Jeff? I thought yeah. we were trying to save him for dogma, anyway. Oh, uh, for dogma, I just may, he may need to come in and give me a benediction just for covering that movie. <laughs> I think that I think that be I think that'd be fascinating to have someone, you know, who's I mean, maybe that's a little maybe maybe Catholic is a little too too out there now, but fundamentalist, something really really you know fucking fire and brimstone different. Oh, you want me to find like some evangelical from the South is what you're I looking for. I want you for. to find someone who will argue with you. I want to get I Kenneth mean, Copeland on here. <laughs> because, like, the way I viewed this 20 years ago is different, at least a little different than the way I viewed it, view it now, and it's certainly different than the way I would have viewed it 10 years before it came out. Well, I want to hear what somebody in 2020 said, who completely disagrees with our viewpoints on the world has well, I would to love to. This. I would love to interview me in 1997 when I first True. saw this movie. Because I think Chris and I were on the same page where I bet I'm on holding side all the way through this. Absolutely. Because you're, I would have been 18 maybe when I saw this, 19. Like, you're just... And that's where Kevin was when he wrote it. You know, that's yeah, exactly like, where he was. You're looking at things from 100% your sexist point of view. Not sexist, but like you're like the male-dominated point of view. Because you're right. a guy, you're like, you see things from your point of view. And all you're like, this, is, this lesbian girl's lying to me about her past. <laughs> <laughs> like, not taking into consideration at all. What what's going on in her life? It's just like look look how you affect me. <laughs> <laughs> I like that would be if, like all these like you have uh, like what would a movie review? Because I remember for years saying this was my oh this was like this was the best Steve, the Stephen King the best Kevin Smith movie and Stephen King I, movie <laughs> yeah I know it'd be interesting if it was a Stephen King with fucking clown comes out starts killing people like wow I did not see that coming. <laughs> this has historically been my favorite Kevin Smith movie um, for what it's worth. I would I have think, said that, I think but it still is. I think the problem is I got older and I just I don't want to think. I just want to have a funny movie and like something like Clerks and Mallrats sketches uh, will scratch that itch for me a little bit more. Of sure. like I don't want to think. I just want to turn my brain off and and have people curse at each other. <laughs> Mallrats I think ages wonderfully. I think Mallrats is a great. It has gotten better with age, but of course it was really underappreciated when it came out. Oh, yeah, <laughs> to its financial uh, showings definitely see that. Uh, does anybody think about any more about this minute? Because next minute is basically this minute part two. <laughs> Bring it on. Yeah, no. All right. Uh, throw out a plug for one of your other podcasts. 
Let's see. So right now I am working on Hailing Frequencies Reopened, which is our Star Trek Next Generation podcast. Um, we're recording this right as we're finishing season one. So it's been pretty painful, but season two gets a lot better. Um, and we're going to have more guests, so I hope you guys will join me if join us, join us, me and James if you guys are into Star Trek Next Generation. Um, and, um, ooh, I also did X Minutes, which you can find buried in the, the, the Hailing Frequency Open stream, um, where we went over the first X-Men movie that came out way back in 1999 um, in a variable number of minutes per episode. Get it? X Minutes. Ha. <laughs> we are the Jane Silent Bob Men at RowanDoingGenre.com. We did Clerks, Mall Rats, working our way through Chasing Amy. Go to the Dueling Genre page and click through their Amazon link. You can throw them a couple bucks. Keep the lights on for them. That's it. You got anything else, Jeff? Make it so. <laughs> Disengage. I don't have a Star Trek quote. <laughs> <laughs> Beat me up, will do. <laughs> yeah, Scotty. <laughs>